Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons and we are so glad to have you with us here today in the house of faith. We're gonna get into the word of God just like we do on every episode of Legacy Television. So I want you to take some time, get into the word with us. We're gonna take stock today, look around life, find out what's going on and then ask ourselves, what have we been expecting? Because whatever it is you're living in right now, whatever you're experiencing is the result of what you've been expecting. And the good news is, even if you've seen God do amazing, glorious things in your life, there's more. The good news is, if you haven't seen enough of that, there is glory that awaits you and I, but you need to begin right now expecting to see it. This is what the Word teaches us, that much of what we experience is based on what we're expecting. And at the same time, we're going to learn how to not limit our expectation based on past experience. So I want you to get the word today. I want you to get your Bible. If you're where you can, take some, get something to take notes with. Let's find out what the Lord wants to say to us. We're gonna to talk today about expecting a greater glory. Father, we come before your word today with eyes wide open, ears wide open, hearts wide open to see, to hear, to understand the good things that you have for us. And I pray that the anointing that is on your word will do in the lives of everybody watching and listening this broadcast today what only your word can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's watch this. Second Corinthians chapter three is one of those uh, chapters. If we had the whole, if we had more time, we'd go through every word of it. But, but in short, this chapter is a New Testament perspective of an Old Testament day. And I don't just mean Old Testament day as in that whole time period. I'm referring to an actual specific day. It was a day in the life of a man named Moses. You've, you've heard of him. Uh, this day in particular, Moses, I believe it's Exodus Oh, I should have looked, 30, 33 maybe. I know this. Uh, anyway, Moses was out on the mountain in conversation with God. And uh, you remember how the conversation ended up. Moses said, show me your glory. Now, go, Mo Moses had asked for a lot of things leading up to that point and was getting everything he asked for. The conversation had actually started with God saying, get out of here. I'm not going with you guys. He was so fed up with these hard-hearted, stubborn people that he said, I'm not going with you. And Moses says, if you're not going, we're not going. And he literally talked God in to still being their God. God was like, fine. <laughs> and uh, Moses called him on it. He said, you, he said, you said that you knew, be, knew me by name and that you'd give me rest and that I found grace in your sight. And God said, I, I do. I do know you by name. You have found grace in my sight. That's a whole other message, but let me just say it to you like this. That's the only place you find grace is in knowing how your father sees you. He said, you have found grace in my sight. And he said, I will go with you and I will give you rest, which is interesting, especially if you and I are New Testament believers, looking back on that, he's got the rest of God. He's got the ever presence of God. He's even got the grace of God going with him. Moses is coming dangerously close to a New Testament experience here. He's flirting. He's an Old Testament man flirting with a New Testament God. And that's why when he cried out, he's like, you know, listen, I'm getting everything I've asked for. Let's just go for it. I want to see your glory. Just goes for it. All in, as they say. And uh, you may have heard me say this before, but the Bible doesn't 
typically record awkward silences. I think if it did, there'd be one right there because God essentially looked back at him and said, uh, no man can see my face and live. In other words, I could show you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> no man will see me and live. But you know, Moses did see something that day. And that's really what this whole chapter in 2 Corinthians 3 is about. You have to admit, even though he did see something, he didn't see everything. And that's what God said to him. You can't see me. You can't see my face. You can't see the part of me that makes me me and live. You can't handle that. But he did see something. God hit him in the cleft of the rock, took his hand away, he passed by, and Moses saw something. And it got on him. It saturated him. You remember he had to put a veil over his face? There's a lot more we could talk about there, but that's what these verses are referring to was what Moses saw that day and the degree of the glory of God that he experienced in that moment with God. Um, if you were to look at, well, we just read these verses. Verse seven, he said, at the ministry of death written and engraved on stones, he's talking about the 10 commandments. That's what came out of that encounter with God that day. The 10 commandments written and engraved on stones. If it was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Now you're going to hear that word glory, glorious, over and over. It's clear that this is what he's talking about, the manifestation of the glory of God. But not just the glory, it's a comparison of two glories. The one Moses saw and experienced, and the one that was reserved for you and I to see and experience. He's comparing these two glories. And notice he uses these words, verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Verse 9, if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. Do you see this back and forth comparing one to the other? And he literally just said here, what Moses saw, he said, he said it like this, had no glory in this respect. In other words, compared to what we get, that was nothing. Did you catch that? He literally called the glory that Moses experienced that day, he literally said it had no glory compared to this. Verse 11, if what was passing away was glorious, what remains is more glorious. Skip down to verse 18. Well, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being trans transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So again, there you see this comparison. He says we are being transformed from glory, in other words, in reference to the first one, to glory, the new one, the next one, ours. But look at this in the Amplified Bible. Guys, put that up there for us. Verse 18 in the Amplified Bible. It says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror... Keep going. The glory of the Lord are constantly, listen to these words, constantly being transfigured into his very own image. Notice this right here. In ever increasing splendor. 
You hear those words? Ever-increasing splendor. Ever-increasing. What does that mean? It doesn't stop. It does not stop increasing. And just because we were transformed from glory to glory, that doesn't mean we're done experiencing the next degree, the next measure of the glory of God. He said it, we are transformed in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. From one degree of glory to another. This is what I'm stirred up about believing in this coming year, in this new year. An expectation of the greatest degree of glory that you and I have seen in our lives so far. And the reason I use the word expectation is because that's what Paul said when he wrote in the book of Colossians chapter 1. He said, to, to you God willed, verse 27, God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, here's the mystery right here. Here's the big mystery. Here's the Bible in a verse. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And God willed to make this known to you. In other words, he's not trying to keep this hidden from you. He's not trying to keep this covered. It's his will that you see that, that you know that, that you understand that, that you and I experience that. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now that word hope literally means confident expectation. Christ in us, the expectation of the glory of God manifested in our lives. And the good news is no matter what degree of glory you have experienced so far, maybe it was, maybe 2018 was the greatest year you've ever had. Maybe it was the most prosperous in every area of your life. Maybe your marriage flourished, every relationship, everything you touched prospered. You were financially more blessed than ever before. Praise God. Guess what? There's a greater degree of glory still in front of you. And here's some good news. Even if last year was the worst, <laughs> even if it was, if it was horrible from the word go and it just seemed like it was falling apart. Here's good news. You're still here. You still got breath in that body. And the good news is there is a greater degree of glory just ahead for you and I. But the mystery of walking in it is the expectation of it. So if you're not experiencing it, then my question to you is, what were you expecting? Well, not this. Okay, well, not wanting bad things is not the same thing as expecting good things. Is that, is that too elementary? Is that too simple? Not wanting bad things is not the same thing as actively and confidently expecting to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what the psalmist said. And in that verse, Psalm 27, he said, I would have fainted. So evidently he had a rough year, whatever year that was. <laughs> he would have fainted. Fainted means given up, thrown in the towel, called it quits. I would have lost heart, he said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, most people are, I'm, most people are saying, I'm going to quit unless I see some change. Unless I see some things turn around, unless I see things get better, I'm out, I'm done. That's not what he said, though. He didn't say I would have quit if I hadn't seen a change. He said I would have quit if I hadn't believed to see 
the goodness of the Lord. So this expectation that we're talking about is what sustains us. This is what's really pulling us through it. It's not just seeing the glory. It's the expectation to see the glory of God in greater degrees than we've ever seen it before. And I'm actively doing this right now in my life, personally, in our family, and definitely in this ministry. There are things in our conversation right now, we are talking about things and looking at things that just less than 12 months ago looked preposterous. And quite honestly, still do. We're talking about things at financial numbers we've never talked about before. Impact level we've never thought possible before. And to walk in these things, you know what's going to take? a greater degree of the glory of God on display in our lives, in our family, and in this ministry than we've ever seen before. But just wishing for it, just hoping in the sense that everybody else understands hope, that's not what brings it into manifestation. What brings it into reality is the confident expectation of it. Somebody who's expecting. We've talked about this several months ago, but the power that hope has is miraculous. The scripture said, I don't want you to sorrow as those who have no hope concerning those who have fallen asleep or died. Don't sorrow like people who don't have an expectation. He's saying, you don't have to let grief get in and rule you. Why? Because you're expecting something beyond this life. Anybody else in here expecting heaven? Yeah, yeah? I'm expecting it. I'm expecting, expecting it to be good. I'm expecting it to be better than I could dream up. I'm expecting it to be so full of joy and peace and colors I've never seen and sounds I've never heard. I'm expecting some big things out of heaven. But here's the cool thing about hope. Hope has the ability to reach in to the future, grab a hold of the joy that is there and then, and bring it into the here and now. That's what hope has the ability to do. That's what expectation has the power to do, to reach out into the future and bring what's there into the present. This is big, but it works just the other way. You remember when Jesus said, uh, do not worry about tomorrow. Take no anxious thought for tomorrow. Well, if hope is the expectation that comes from a life built on faith, which by the way, we're the only people who have any right or reason to hope for anything good at all. Other people can want it, they can wish for it, they can desire it, but I'm talking about confident expectation that good is on its way to me and I'm on its way to it. The only person on the face of the planet who has any right to actually hope is the one with faith in Jesus. But if hope is the expectation that's built upon a platform of faith, there's got to be a, a, a counterpart to that. And if people build their lives on the platform of fear, fear yields an expectation of bad. Hope is the expectation of good. Worry is the expectation of bad. That's what worry is. It's expecting it to be bad. Isn't that worry? You don't worry because you're expecting good. Oh man, I'm just worried I'm getting a raise. Oh, just, just so worried. You don't worry about good. Worry is the expectation of bad. And that's why Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. It's got trouble of its own. In other words, when you worry about what's coming, 
in the expectation of bad, you are reaching out into the trouble that's in tomorrow and bringing it into today. You know what he said? Stop it. Stop it. And reach out with an expectation of hope. Now you tell me what area of your life would be exempt in the eyes of God from experiencing a new and greater degree of glory. Is there some area or arena of life that God wasn't thinking this would apply to? You know what I mean by that? Like, is there some area of our lives that, that, that the glory of God would fall short in and God would say to us, oh no, I wasn't talking about that. What about in our marriages, huh? What about in our relationships? Could we expect to see a greater degree of the glory of God fill up our homes than we've ever seen before. And I don't care if you were more in love last year and you had not one crossword between you and it was just butterflies and rainbows all year long. There is a greater degree of glory. It's not supposed to end. You are not supposed to come to the end of this. It's constantly, he said. You notice that in that amplified translation of that? In 2 Corinthians 3, constantly being transformed by ever-increasing splendor and this glory from one degree of glory to another. Well, I'm expecting the same glory of God to transform some things for us financially. And again, I'm applying it to us in our family, and I'm certainly applying it to us in this ministry. We are praying over the partners of our ministry. You know, you guys have heard us say this before every single day. And these are the things we're speaking and declaring over the lives of people who have partnered with us. We're declaring it over the, our staff members. We're declaring it over each other. I mean, we are using the creative power that God put in our words to expect. Expect the glory of God. How would we know if you're expecting? It'd be coming out of your mouth. The other thing expectation does is it gets ready, doesn't it? You think about a, a mother who is expecting a baby in just a few weeks' time or a few months' time. And uh, I, I was remembering today when Sarah was pregnant with Jesse, and uh, she was just, I think, days away. We were closer to Jesse's arrival than we knew because she showed up four weeks early. But just days away, I'd been invited to speak at mom and dad's church on a Wednesday night and uh, she opted to stay home that night. I mean, I'm telling you, she was pregnant. <laughs> and uh, so I went and uh, spoke at church, ministered, came home, probably got home 9, 9.30. Sarah is in the foyer of our house on hands and knees painting this antique dresser we had picked up. Why? Baby's coming. There's no wondering about this. We are expecting Jesse to be here. And so what's she doing? It's this thing that comes on moms. They call it nesting. But what is it? I got to get ready. We got to get this place ready. I'm like, babe, sit down. You should not be. Stop breathing paint fumes, please, while you carry our child. But it's this driven thing to get ready, be ready. But that's God. That's, that's put in there. It's in the nature of God. And if you are expecting good things, you're getting ready for good things. This is faith. This is faith. This is faith. This is hope. But the other thing that's going to have to be added to this is some endurance. 
there's oftentimes through the New Testament, the word endurance is also translated patience. Faith and patience, these have got to go together. It's faith and patience. When you've run out of patience, you have run out of faith. It's by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. It's endurance. So if faith is believing, patience is what? Continuing to believe. If faith is getting excited about it, sitting up in here on a Saturday night, patience is still believing it Monday morning and the next Monday morning and the next Monday morning, a year from now. This is patience and it's going to require some endurance. We're believing God for big things. You're going to believe big? Be prepared to stand long, to endure. Amen. It's hope, it's faith, it's endurance, and it's all built on love out of a revelation of how much He loves us. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.